Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm already supercharged. So uh, a little sunshine and good praise and worship, you're better, aren't you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. God is on the move. We've been doing a series called Showing Up. So we talked about showing up for service, showing up for prayer, showing up for fasting, showing up for stewardship. We're still showing up today. So this is the last time we're going to show up. Not really, but I mean the, 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 the message. So we want to finish strong today because I believe God has a word for us today. How many of you believe that? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your loving compassion. We're thankful for our friends, our family. God, we're thankful that you are moving among us. We're grateful for your spirit today. We pray in Jesus' name that you'd bless us. And God, we thank you. Amen and amen. You may be seated. If uh, I could have your attention just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about showing up field, showing up for others, and showing up focused. There's a lot of ways we can show up, and uh, one of the ways to show up and that's not good is showing up empty. So how many of you believe with me we need to be filled? And I found in the world we live in, you can be filled with a whole lot of stuff. So I went on a little journey through my Bible just in the New Testament, and I thought, what does the Bible say we can be filled of in the negative? You ready for this? We can be filled with fear and wrath and rage and anger, envy, confusion. We can be filled with unrighteousness and sexual immorality. We can be filled with wickedness. We can be filled with strife. And I don't want to be filled with any of those things. But ten times in the New Testament, it talks about we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see this from the beginning of the New Testament all the way through to the book of Revelation. The Bible says that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. So being filled with the Holy Spirit allows me not to be filled with fear and wrath and rage and anger and envy, confusion, unrighteousness, sexual immorality and wickedness and strife. So if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, then I don't have room with the other stuff. Can I hear an amen? Now, to be filled, you first have to empty yourself out, and repentance is the way that we empty ourselves out of those things. So we live in a world today, you could be filled with a lot of this negative stuff. If you watch the news, which I try to stay up with the news, but it's almost uh, always depressing, um, you know, Russia's getting ready to invade the Ukraine, it appears to be. We have uh, at least 7% inflation, uh, things are hard to get now. Supply chain is really uh, horrible. Crime rate is up. Murder is up. Thefts are up. Men and women in our law enforcement are being targeted today. They're being hunted down by nefarious people. Some of our politicians and leaders have literally lost their way. And if I could add to that, some have lost their minds. Uh, just to let you know how I feel. But it is a time where we are living in a wicked, immoral culture and society. And if you don't watch it, that will permeate you and get under your fifth rib. But we have to be in a position where we are filled with 
the goodness of God and the Spirit of God so those other things can invade our life. It doesn't mean we don't live in it and among it, but how many of you know we don't have to live in it internally? So fear doesn't have to be internally in me. And immorality and wickedness and all these things that it seems like is a part of our world today, confusion, it doesn't have to be a part of my life. Now, this is what I know, and uh, most people know this. Engineers know this. Uh, The guy who works on your air conditioner knows this. Oil field workers know this. Farmers know, know this. Ranchers know this. Even housewives who have a pressure cooker know this, that if... The pressure on the inside is greater than the pressure on the outside. It's hard for the outside to get on the inside. So I'm going to say that again so the rest of you get it. If the pressure is greater on the inside, it's harder for the pressure on the outside to get on the inside. So there's a lot of pressure of fear and doubt and where the economy's going, what does the world look like, what does politics look like. But let me tell you, I'm pressured up on the inside so that doesn't have to get to me on the inside from the outside. So uh, this is kind of a precept and a, a law of God that he allows us to understand. So if I reverse the concept, if the pressure on the outside is greater than the pressure on the inside, it's easier for the outside to get on the inside. You say, goodness gracious, what in the world is he preaching about today? Well, I'm preaching about what John wrote to the early church, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if God is greater inside of me than the world, the world doesn't have to get inside of me because I'm filled with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, John, who writes this, he's about 90 years old at the time of this writing, and he is addressing uh, the people in the church as little children. If you're 90, I guess you can say that, right? You're, you're little children. So he's saying, this is why we need to be filled with the right things. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I want to share just a passage of Scripture with you that I think really illustrates this. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. They're dealing with some of the things you and I deal with. And he begins at verse 17, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine or filled with wine, which is dissipation or excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So I've underlined a couple of things here in my text because I want you to understand that we can be either filled with this or we can be filled with that. Now listen, you can either be filled with this and be filled with that. How many of you know some people who are filled with some stuff? Y'all are so holy. You can either be filled with this, you can be filled with that. So he's saying, don't be drunk with wine, that is excess, that leads to debauchery, dissipation, your your life's going to have a spiral downturn if you uh, continue in that. But he says the alternative is, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
So if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, then I'm able to, look at verse 19, I am now able to speak to you, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual song, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now he goes down to verse 21. He says, now I'm able to submit to one another. Let me tell you, it takes a lot of the Holy Spirit to minister to somebody. Whether it's a word, a song, a hymn, whatever it can be. But it also takes a lot of the Holy Spirit to submit to somebody. Because the opposite of submission is rebellion. And we live in a very rebellious world. But submission is kind of like an umbrella when it's raining. You, you get under something to cover you. Now, we should submit to God, right? If we submit to God, we're under his covering. If we submit to proper leaders and leadership, we're under the covering. There is a blessing in submission to the right authority, the right covering. Now, he says if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, now you're able to speak some things into people's lives. You're able to submit to things and to people and different things when it's time to submit. And when I am filled, I am now able to offer something to somebody else because the filling and the infilling of the Holy Spirit now equips me to give something to you that now I have to give. So you say, okay, what do I have to offer? Well, you could offer friendship. You could offer an opportunity to change. Some of you will have the opportunity to change your life today if you so choose to do that. An encouraging word, maybe a powerful prayer, could be encouraging music like we've heard this morning, anointed uh, musicians and singers, their field, they now can, can give hope for tomorrow. We, we, we maybe can be the catalyst for someone's miracle. You say, well, Pastor, God does miracles. I know that. How many of you believe God is still a miracle-working God? He is a miracle-working God. I can't do the miracle, but I can be the catalyst for somebody else's miracle. Let me tell you how I can do that, because now I'm filled. If I'm empty and running on empty, I don't have enough for you. I don't even have enough for me. But if I'm filled, now I can be a catalyst for your miracle. You say, well, how's that work? Glad you asked me. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are going to the temple. Their habit is to pray. So at 3 o'clock, they're going to the temple and pray. So here they are. They're moving to the temple. They get to the gate of the temple, the beautiful gate. And now there is a person begging there. He's probably laid there six days a week. They probably don't lay him there on the Sabbath because that would be work. And so this guy's trying to eke out a living by begging. He's lame, never walked. So he's asking for coins, asking for money, gold, silver. And now Peter and John, they walk by this lame man, pick it up. This is uh, in Acts chapter 3, verse number 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Peter had something to give. But let's put this in reverse. Peter was a mess. How many of you know that? Now, I'm not saying he wasn't going to go to heaven, but how many of you know the Lord hadn't done working on him? Peter was notorious about saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. 
He was notorious about opening mouth, inserting foot. He was also notorious about blaming you. Well, I would never deny you, Lord, but those are the guys. They may deny you, but, but not me. And, of course, you know the night of the betrayal, Peter denied the Lord three times. I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And the Lord tried to say, Peter, this is what you're going to do. I'm warning you. Oh, it wouldn't be me. Do you know in Acts chapter 2, something happened to Peter that revolutionized his life? He got filled. And here he is, in filled with the Holy Spirit and the Peter before and the Peter after. Two different Peters. Because now he is preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, not denying the Lord Jesus Christ, and now he becomes the catalyst for this guy's miracle. He says, I don't have silver, I don't have gold, but I got something. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, you got something. How many of you know, if you're filled, you got something. You have something to change somebody else's life. And you and I can see that. You know, I, I found really two ways that I come to church. I come filled, and I come to get filled. How many of you are tracking with me here? I come filled, and I come to get filled. Because if I don't come filled, I don't really have anything to give you because I'm running on empty. But I also come to get filled because I need to have that constant filling in my life. Just like our worship this morning, I, I come to worship God. I, I lift my hands, I lift my voice, I lift my life, I lift my heart. Why? Because the Lord inhabits those who worship him and praise him. He inhabits our praise. There's something in the dynamics that happens here when we worship. So there's this infilling. I'm, I'm infilled with the word. I'm infilled with scripture. I'm infilled with rubbing shoulders with you. So I come filled and I come to be filled, right? Because the inference in Ephesians 5 that I just read to you is a constant infilling. Now, listen, it's not just a one-time event, and I'm not dis discounting an epic epic encounter in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we need that. I think we believe that, right? But I still need to have the constant infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's like I got to pull the car over, put the nozzle in, or we'll say this later, plug it up, and I got to get recharged. I got to get refilled, because this is what happens. If you're giving it out, you got to take it in. And the more you give it out, the more you got to take it in. So we want to show up filled, and we want to show up to get filled, because this is really important. So we need a regular internal deposit, if you will, over and over and over again. And that's why Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, shall flow what? Rivers of living water. So I just don't have an outflow, I also have what? An inflow. So as it flows in, it flows out. As it flows in, it flows out. And now the outflow is blessing the people around me, blessing the people around you. Why? Because we are filled. There's this internal pressure that we have. Not a bad pressure, but a good pressure. 
the difference between a well and an artesian well is huge. Both have water, but one you got to pump. Kind of like some congregations. You got to pump them. But some are artesian. It just flows. There's an inside pressure there. And that's what he's saying here. And let, let me illustrate it scripturally. Jeremiah, if you know anything about the prophet Jeremiah, he's the, the weeping prophet. And the Lord called him before he was ever born. The Lord said, I, I knew you in your mother's womb, and I, I called you to be a prophet before you was ever born. It, it's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? God called him before he was ever born. In, in your mother's womb, I knew you. And Israel's in a dark place in their life. I mean, they have, they've went after false gods. They're getting ready to go into bondage. So this weeping prophet's trying to get people back to God. But he's rejected time and time again. He's trying to tell them. He's trying to preach to them. He's trying to deliver the message. They refuse, refuse, refuse. And, and, and there's a point in Jeremiah's life, he's saying, I don't even want to go anymore. I mean, everybody loves rejection, don't they? You, you know, I mean, you get rejected, rejected, rejected. But let me give you this passage. This is Jeremiah 20 and 9, and this is what Jeremiah says. His word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I, I thought about not saying it anymore. I thought about not preaching anymore. I thought about not prophesying anymore, but there's like a fire shut up in my bones. There's a pressure, a holy pressure in me that I've got to let it out because that's what God called me to do. And Paul does the same thing. This 1 Corinthians 9 and 16, he says, I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. You know, you know, preachers are weird. I mean, look at Matt <laughs> and me. Because, I mean, we get up and, you know, we, we, we kind of get fired up and, and, and we, you, we, we holler and we, we, we get loud and you say, well, why do these guys do that? I don't know. There's just like a fire shut up in your bones. It's just like, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. You know, I was listening to someone years and years ago and his wife always got on to him because he always witnessed everywhere he went. And uh, she said, you know, you don't have to do that everywhere. And he'd do it to her family and they'd go on to family events and Thanksgiving and Christmas and he was always witnessing. And he said, I don't know. He said, it's just, it's just, it's just in me. I just witness. And she said, well, quit doing that. You're making everybody nervous. And, they were watching an old black and white movie and it was one of those thriller, you know, detective suspense and somebody's coming around the corner with a gun and they're going to jump someone and shoot him. And he, he hollered out and said, turn it off. And they said, why? He said, I think he's going to get shot and I don't know if he's saved or not. <laughs> Had to get it in there, right? But, but there's that pressure that you have. And that's what we need. We need people who have that flow in their life they they're filled with the holy spirit and jeremiah felt it and and paul felt it and i hope you feel it today that we, we are filled and we're filled for a purpose and it's not just for me how many of you know showing up is just not for me showing up is for the people around me and showing up is for the people around you because this is very important 
I want to tell you a story. Many of you have heard it over and over, but there's a facet of this story I, I want to share with you today. It's like the Lord laid it on my heart. Years and years ago, before Carrie and I got into church, we, we didn't serve the Lord. We, we hadn't been married long. We, we lived in Edmond. We, we moved back here. We lived in a little old trader house and uh, just trying to get our marriage and our, our life started. And, and uh, of course, we weren't doing the things we should be doing. And, and I noticed that Carrie started reading the Bible. I didn't know we had a Bible, but her grandmother had given her one. And I was going to school full time and working full time. I'd go to school in the morning. We usually went from about one to two and we'd drive back and about five o'clock I'd go to work. I'd stay at work till, you know, 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning, every how long I need to work. And I worked on Saturday nights. I worked on Sundays and and so I'm telling you all that to let you know why I slept late on Saturday. So, so it, it's, it's a Saturday morning. I'm sleeping late, and Carrie comes in, and she's weeping. She's crying. And we're in our early 20s, and I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, we need to start serving God. We need to get our life straightened out. We need to start going to church. We, 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 need, to, we need to straighten up our life. She's under conviction. The Holy Spirit is convincing her of her sin. And I tried to talk to her, and she's just still emotional. She's crying. She's weeping. And then she said, Mike, would you pray for me? <laughs> and I, I said, Carrie, I don't know how to pray for you. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to pray for you. Let me tell you why I couldn't pray for her. I was empty. I was empty. And she just kept crying, and, and she's under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and God's dealing with her heart. And I said, uh, let me call my mother and have her come talk to you. You know what I'm doing? I'm looking for somebody who's filled because I'm empty. See, empty people can't hardly help people in their need because they're empty. But filled people can Mother came down and prayed with Carrie. She was better, but she kept crying throughout the afternoon. I said, I'm going to take you to Mama's. And I did. I took her and I left her. And I went to work. But I tell you what, my dear mother, she's already gone on to be with the Lord, but she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when my wife got home that night, let me tell you, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And when I got home that night, Carrie hit the door, and I mean, it's like midnight. She said, Mike, we're going to change our life. We're going to go to church. We're going to start serving God. And I said, hang on there, sister. What happened? She got filled. But I didn't. And I couldn't pray for her because I'm running on empty. Listen, when you're filled, you can help the people around you. We can change our community. Because we're filled, we have something to give because we have been given something. And because we've received something, we have something to give now. And that excites me. It should excite you because now it's showing up for others. Matthew chapter 25, uh, Jesus is uh, giving a story, a parable, if you will, about what's going to happen in the judgment. How many of you know there's a judgment to come? And we're going to stand before him. And he said he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Verse 20, uh, 34, 25 of Matthew. 
Then the king shall say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, insomuch as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You talk about showing up for others, they showed up for somebody else. They gave, they ministered, they served, and Jesus said, if you do it to them, you do it to me. That's why you show up for service. Because he says, these people showed up. So when we show up, it's very important. I'm thankful you showed up here today. I'm thankful for those who are watching online, listening online today. But showing up in whatever capacity you can show up is extremely important because you have something to give if you're filled. And if you're filled, you have something to give to somebody else. And also if you're filled, you also have a different focus. So we show up with a different focus. Now, I want to tell you the way I thought before and after I received Jesus, two different thinking patterns. Lifestyle before Jesus, lifestyle after Jesus, two different lifestyles. So if you're telling me you've met Jesus and your lifestyle hadn't changed, you ain't met Jesus. Y'all all right? So I have a different focus now than I had previously. So when I show up with focus, it helps me to have the right priorities, allows me to see the things that are really important, and lets me understand the now and beyond now all the way to eternity. Someone said eternity is like uh, driving behind a blonde who meets three other blondes at a four-way intersection at the same time. Some of you get that on the way home. But it's easy to get focused on the wrong things, isn't it? I mean, we, we live in a world today that screams this and screams that and screams that and screams that and screams that, and you'll totally lose your focus. And what's really important now is not as important as you thought it was. One second in eternity will really tell you what was important. Uh, the things that sometimes our culture says is important is not quite as important as what we think it is, is it? So we have to realize that showing up field helps me to have the right focus when I show up because it is really important. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, Paul deals with this at the church at Coloss. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, listen, we live on this earth we have to take care of earthly things, but that is not all of your focus. It's not all of my focus. If you're here today and say, my focus is just on the here and now, you're missing eternity. Because one day, you and I are gonna step out into eternity. We had a funeral here on uh, Tuesday. We've had a funeral nearly every week, sometimes two, since the first of the year. So Diana's 
mother died and she said over here in the early service and I shared this Tuesday in that service I said sometimes when we come to a funeral like this it makes us nervous and I'll tell you why because we see the terminal nature of life on this earth so here we are we're gathered and there were several people at that funeral and there is the casket there's a body inside and and I've done hundreds of funerals and I look out many times I see people really nervous because at that moment, they see the finality of life. They see that one day, this life on this earth will be over. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And let me tell you where I really see it the most. You would think it'd be older people. But most of the time, it's not older people. When I look out, let me tell you who I see the most nervous. It's younger people. Because I think as you get older, you understand I'm headed to the finish line. And it got here really fast. Anybody here realized how fast it got? You looked in the mirror and you said, who is that? I used to be a young person there. And here I am. I got snow on the mountain. I got Arthur in the back hip pocket. And sometimes when I drive my car and my truck, I look at the back of my hands and I see those veins popped out and these dark spots and these wrinkles. And I think, that's my grandparents' hands. That's, that's not my hands. Y'all are so holy. <laughs> and it got here really fast. So my focus can't just be on the here because I know the here has a date that God only knows. But there is an eternity and let me tell you what Paul is writing to this church at Colossae. He's saying your lives have been changed. You have a new life in Christ Jesus. And you're looking forward to sharing in Christ's glory because you're going to be with him. And you live in a present world, but you have to have the end in mind. You have to have the end in mind. So I know that showing up field helps me to be a minister to those around me. It helps me to focus on eternity and the things that are important, but it also helps me to understand that I can not only be filled for me, but be filled for my purpose and for the people around me. And that's why it's important to show up filled. And maybe if you feel like you're not filled today, you have the opportunity to get filled. And for us who are regular at this, in the kingdom of God, we have to understand we have to be constantly filled. It's not just a one-time thing, although it's glorious to have that initial infilling, but I've got to have more of the word. I've got to have more worship. I've got to have more of the grace of God and the peace of God and the knowledge of God and the word of God. Can I hear an amen? Why? Because what goes out of me has to be filled back inside of me. About two weeks ago, we had a men's prayer breakfast here. The morning was cold. We didn't know how many people would show up, but there was a pretty good crowd. Randy taught the lesson, a great lesson. He talked about the Holy Spirit. The two takeaways I had from the Holy Spirit was that, number one, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But power for what? And Randy so eloquently said, we have the power now to walk in the gifts of the Spirit and also to live in the fruit of the Spirit. It's not just the power to shake me, it's the power for me to live in. 
So, so I want to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he handed something out to everybody who was at that breakfast that morning. He handed a dipstick out to everybody. Now, he didn't call us dipsticks. But literally, he handed out a dipstick to everybody at that breakfast. And he began to talk about what the Word says about the Holy Spirit, comparing the Holy Spirit to oil. That oil in the Old Testament was indicative of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And I took my dipstick and I laid it above my computer on the shelf so when I look up at that dipstick, I say, Mike, how much oil you got today? How much oil you got today? Because if you're not full of oil, you're in trouble. Because when the bridegroom comes, your lamp needs to be full of oil, and you need to be focused that he will come, or you will be left behind, according to Scripture. Because all of those virgins knew the bridegroom's coming, but only half of them were concerned about being filled. The other half just slept it away. I'm not saying sometimes we don't have moments of sleeping and sometimes we get distracted, but let me tell you, your focus should be on today. There is a bridegroom coming in the clouds. And we need to be filled and focused and, and, and ministering to other people around us. We need to be building the kingdom of God. We need to be showing up because it is very, very important. Won't you bow your head with me today? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.